Hello and welcome to the Creative Champs podcast. I'm your host, Kimei, and I'm here to help you on your creative journeys through the Creative Champs platform. Now, this episode, I'm speaking all about the darker side of self-employment, the things that people don't tend to really speak about. They speak about the six-figure months or the seven-figure years, and they, they don't speak about the profit and loss. They don't speak about the darker times. They just speak about the polished, glossy times and then use that as a, a way to sort of um, display the success that they're having. But they don't really speak about the darker side. So that's what I'm going to do today. The first thing that I'm going to be speaking about is um, stress between managing work life, uh, managing a work life balance to begin with, because it feels impossible sometimes. Already, like when you're working from home for a company, it might be different because you're given set time constraints, aren't you? And you're having to get things done within those sorts of times. Although there are some companies that are taking liberties and exploiting the fact that people are staying at home and they think it's some sort of um, excuse to expect people to work overtime because you're at home already. When really the mental gymnastics that you have to do to separate yourself from from what you really want to do and actually cracking on with your work in an environment that is comfortable, it's is uh, you don't even need me to tell you it's very difficult. And when you're self-employed, that balance can be even harder, deceptively harder, because it can feel like switching off means that you're going to end up not making any income <laughs> because it all it all rests on your shoulders doesn't it so it feels like oh if i take some time off then i'm not going to make any income it's going to be a slow month which may or may not be true but the fact of the matter is it's better that you take some time off to rest in order to develop and um, or in order to aid your growth and your development more in the future than to be forced to take the time off because you just you, you end up burning out feeling overwhelmed entering depression yeah letting the anxiety eat you up so much that now your eyelids twitching and you can't, you actually can't work so it's better to take that time to have that rest rather than be forced into it because when you're forced into it I find it's much harder to get out of at least when you choose to elect rest days for yourself, it's easier to snap out of it or not even snap out of it, but it's easier to come out the other side refreshed. Yeah, and a lot faster too. So yeah, that's one thing. I mean, for me personally, I've realized that sticking to set deadlines and set times doesn't really work for me. So what I do is I set myself two or three tasks every day. And when I'm feeling my most productive, which for me is late afternoon, evening, night, I'll get the work done then. I'll work through it at my own pace. I don't tend to stick to a nine to five schedule. In terms of like contactable hours on Creative Champs, nine to or maybe 10 to six, those are my contactable hours. But in terms of me actually doing work, my hours, I, yeah, I work best in the evening. So I make full use of that and take advantage of that. The next bit I wanted to speak about was um, financial anxiety. And I was reading a few articles on this and I found that this is something that I don't know if it will ever go away for some of us. I feel financial anxiety a lot. And this is something that's definitely not spoken about. 
because you can go from making five grand one month to 200 pound the next month or 3,000 one month to, I don't know, 70p the next. You just never know what's going to happen from month to month. And especially when you're just starting out, it's really difficult because you don't yet have a an idea or a, a gauge on how things typically run because you haven't been doing it for years and years and years. Well, if you haven't been doing it for years and years, it can feel difficult because you don't really have anything to um, offset things. You don't have a um, like a, a barometer or a timeline to really work with to say, oh, okay, I'll probably make around this much. You know, it's difficult because you, you're just starting out. You're still figuring out marketing and uh, setting things up. Like me, I'm in the process of building the Creative Champs website from scratch. And so during this time, yeah, I am facing a lot of financial anxiety because I, I'm i not making or selling anything new because I'm having to focus so much into the platform. Um, So there is that little bit of like, yeah, but it's always, it always ends up all right. You know, it, one way or another, because we enter fight or flight, as I've said in another um, podcast episode. And we just, I don't know. I think with um, financial anxiety, there's a lot of speculating about what could happen. And a lot of the time, these things that we anticipate happening don't actually end up happening because we end up catastrophizing things. Do you know what I mean? You say, oh, like, what if I don't make enough money to do this, that and the third? But then it's like, looking at what you've got today and this is something else I also read in an article where it said that um, when we have these financial anxieties it's often because we are focusing too much on the future and um, we're not looking at the here and now we're not considering the here and now we're not thinking about the fact that today we're we're good yeah (laughs) today we're good Um, We're just sort of um, preempting and trying to predict bad things that may or may not happen uh, and putting ourselves through the mental turmoil as if they've happened already, but they haven't. And so we're just punishing ourselves essentially, you know, off the back of predictions. So what I've done, um, well, in fact, what I had in place before I um, operated Champs which has really helped me on a personal level. This is just what's worked for me. Um, I've got about five or six different bank accounts. And what this has done has really helped me to not only budget, but also keep a tab on what money is going where, how much I'm going to be left with, how much I can work with. It's It's been very useful for that. So for context, I've got an account that I use to pay my bills. I've got an account that I use to receive um, money. Then I've got my business account, which also receives money, but money for the business specifically. Then I've got a daily spend account, which I transfer money. Well, nowadays I don't really need to transfer anything in there because I don't actually spend money that much while I'm at home. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't really spend much money when I'm at home. But when I used to have to, commute daily what I would do first thing as as soon as I woke up I would transfer say 10 pounds to the daily spend account and I would commit to spending 10 pounds a day Um, and then anything that was left over I'd put into my savings and I found that was a really effective way 
to help me budget my spending and, um, you know, or if I really wanted something, what I would do is I would use any leftovers and I would contribute that towards whatever it is that I wanted to buy that week. And if I needed to, then I would take some more out of my account that I was getting paid into, my current account. So yeah, but that really helped to control spending and just get an idea of what I can afford to live on, what I can survive on, you know? Um, and obviously in terms of actually generating income, I think this deser- this this deserves rather uh, a podcast episode of its own. But what I found is that I've... I've had a comfort blanket, so to speak, because I've had the duality. I've had both the creative side of things, generating income while also working a day job in an agency. Um, so, but but my problem was for the most part throughout my working life, I haven't really been saving um, because I'll be real, the jobs that I had they were so toxic, so distressing that I ended up spending a lot of money on therapy. And when I say therapy, I don't mean therapy. I literally mean, um, I I mean, retail therapy. I mean, food. I mean, comforts. I spent a lot of money on things to make me feel better coming home after a day at work. So that then meant that a lot of the money I was making through my creative endeavours and through my day job was just going on recovery, which as you can imagine is a toxic cycle to be in. So, um, and I realised as soon as I broke out of that, when I was fortunate enough to be in a position to do so, things changed like almost immediately. Um, And I was able to save more. I was able to put more effort into uh, creative champs and yeah, things have been looking very different since then. But yeah, there is always going to be the element of anxiety. And what I found has also helped is finding ways to automate income. Uh, And I do have some posts about this on Creative Champs about automating income and different streams of income. Um, And I've also got an article on Creative Lives in Progress about this, which I will post a link to in my bio on Creative Champs as well. So you can have a read of that. Um, And it just details different ways that you can generate income without having to be so present all the time. Because I think that's a large part of the problem, isn't it? Like feeling like we have to constantly be present, constantly have to show up. And if we don't, then we don't make any money. But there are ways that you can automate the process. There are ways that you can generate an income without having to physically show up or virtually show up all the time when you just want to rest or you, you're burnt out or you're overwhelmed, you know? Yeah, there are some workarounds. Yeah. But even so, even knowing that and doing those things, you, you, you're bound to still feel anxiety because every month is different and you never know what you're going to get. You never know what you're going to get. I almost did the life as like a box of chocolates. No, let me not. Please, please. I don't want to embarrass myself. So financial anxiety stress and workload and also dealing with the mental barriers the imposter syndrome the comparisons these things they really start to seep in when you start working for yourself because you then start comparing yourself well not all of us 
But there are times where subconsciously you might end up comparing yourself to others who are also self-employed and you might look at things that they've done and you might look at the speed at which people seem to be moving. And then you start thinking, well, hey, how comes I'm not moving at that speed? How comes I'm not there yet? I've been doing this for a longer time. Why are things not moving at such a swift pace for me? And then these thoughts can lead into other things that end up becoming detrimental to the progress of your company or your establishment or whatever it is that you're doing, your social enterprise. It becomes damaging because you you just end up in these endless loops, (laughs) these toxic loops of just self-deprecation and just talking down on yourself and feeling like you don't have what it takes. You don't have the the goonies. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. I like it though, you know? Um, And again, I do have um, some content around that. And these things, I think, yeah, a lot of these things deserve their own podcast episodes, I think. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do, speaking about all these sorts of um, topics, because they all lend themselves to the darker side of self-employment, you know? And I don't want to make this episode too long. So, um, and it, each of these points are very layered within themselves, aren't they? So, well, I kind of touched on time management, but time management is, because it's it's hard to know when to switch off, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to know, okay, like um, I'm I'm doing too much now, entirely too much. It's time to switch off. You almost feel... Like for me, I I feel guilty sometimes, you know, I feel guilty because I'm like, no, I should be working right now. I haven't made the amount that I want to make just yet. So I really and truly, I need to be on this thing. But then, as I've said before, you need to be your best self, don't you? In order to provide quality and value for the people who need what it is that you're you're providing, you're going to have to be in a good space yourself. So it's no use forcing yourself to produce, produce, produce when you feel like crap. It's no use. It's just, it's gonna, it's a means to an end, you know, race to the bottom. And um, yeah, sometimes it's a case of taking your own advice. (laughs) You know, there are a lot of darker sides to self-employment that a lot of people just don't tend to speak about, maybe because they feel like it might make them look like failures. And even so, failure is, is, I think it's an essential part of development. Getting things wrong is an essential part of development and growth. We need to get things wrong to get things right. Yeah, I'm, I I think it's important to have this transparency. I mean, I worry. Oh my gosh, every month I'm like, oh, I don't know how next month's going to be. Because this is the first time that I've actually gone solo with... Because um, obviously the last however many... Oh, since I was 17 and I got my first... Um, creative gig I've been working in a creative capacity ever since then but this is the first time that I've actually gone into self-employment teaching yeah so on the teaching side of things it's not an entirely new industry because I've been working in the education sector for five years so since 2016 I've been working in schools as a day job so there are things from the day job that lends itself to what I do now. Um, so it's a mix of my creative experience and industry experience over the years, coupled with the things I've picked up through the day job. But it's still, I feel like it's still a fairly new concept because of the fact that Creative Champs has just launched. 
about eight months ago. So it's still fresh. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I do feel anxiety sometimes. I'm like, oh, how's next month going to be? Am I going to be able to reach my target so I can move out and you know, because there's been a lot of trouble with accommodation for me in my personal life. I might get into that on another episode. You know, I think it's important to be transparent about things. Um, And obviously, as we know, the cost of living in London is astronomical. And I've had a few setbacks over the years, which has meant that my living situation isn't exactly as I would like it to be. But I know that it's entirely possible and I'm working towards what I want to do. And um, for those of you who don't know, I want to move to Leeds. I'm just, yeah, I'm dead set on moving to Leeds. And I will be doing that as soon as I've got the amount that I am aiming to save up for. Um, Just for my own, you know, my own personal targets and my own personal things. But yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it's very important to share this side of things because a lot of people will present themselves as these, you know, gurus, yeah, earning six figures and seven figures. And a lot of the time, it's not, that's not the case at all. They're not speaking about how much they've spent on marketing or, or how much they've spent that month in total and how much they've actually lost. They're not speaking about that. They're just providing these figures and not actually providing the context to go with it. And sometimes they're lying about that as well. And that leads me into the last bit, which is, um, well, do you know what? It's carrying on from the comparison part, but there's a lot of talk about this need to have a lot of followers to be successful with your business. And it's simply not true. And again, I've mentioned this before as well, but um, I saw a post from um, one of the people I speak to on, um, um, on social media called Taylor... Taylor Online Marketing. Oh, I forgot that. I'm going to put that in the the description box. But um, on Taylor's stories, she was speaking about the fact that one of her clients has 400 followers. But this client is fully booked up until August. Fully booked with work. And then I know of another person who has about a thousand followers and is making around 10 to 12 grand every month. Yeah. And then there was the story of that girl who had, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of followers or something. And she met and she sold like 35 t-shirts. You probably know what I'm talking about. And she was vexed. She was like, what? I've got all these followers and and only 30 of you bought the t-shirts. You know, if that isn't a sign that followers don't mean anything. Well, I won't say they don't mean anything, but you know what I mean? They don't, they don't um, dictate how successful your business will be because success again looks like different things to different people that's something that's really important to note as well but it doesn't necessarily mean that if you don't have a lot of followers that you won't get that financial um income or you won't get that uh business or you won't be able to reach the people you need to reach it's very possible it's very possible there are ways to get what you need done done without having masses and masses of followers yeah. So yeah, I just wanted to just speak on that. It was kind of brief, but as I say, I will be going into each of the points, perhaps in closer detail in upcoming episodes. So as always, thank you so much for tuning in and I will speak to you same time next week. All right. Take care.